Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, it is Hispanic Heritage Month. It is also National Small Business Week. If you don't think uh, those two things have a lot in common, It's time to think again. Think you know the news of the day. Think again. Javier Palomares is the president and CEO of the United States Hispanic Business Council. Prior to his current role, uh, he led the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, where he helped raise the profile of the chamber through his media appearances, strong partnerships, uh, so many things that are making a difference in this critical community. And we are so thrilled to have Javier on the program today, especially as we look at small business, uh, such an important part. Uh, and also, of course, uh, Hispanic History Month uh, kicking off as well. And Javier, you have also kicked off something very significant that I think is going to be important, not just here in the Beehive State, but across the country. Tell us about that. Thanks for having me. And yes, um, we have just kicked off, launched the United States Hispanic Business Council. Uh, It is an association that is dedicated to advocating on behalf of the 4.4 million Hispanic-owned firms in this country that collectively contribute over $750 billion to the American economy. Um, We're thrilled to have kicked it off, and we're thrilled to have made the announcement right here in Salt Lake City. Uh, I love that. And uh, one of the things that we talk about, especially as we look at business uh, and the Hispanic community, uh, that there really isn't a a community that's more patriotic, more family-centered or community-focused, entrepreneurial, uh, and yet often it's a, it's an overlooked, even though it's one of the fastest growing business communities in the country, uh, it's one that really hasn't had a unified voice uh, to really get into the action part of this equation. Uh, and it looks like that's what uh, you're going to be doing uh, with this new council. Leave it to you guys to hit the nail right on the head. You know, as we speak, the United, the, the, the Hispanic population is the fastest growing segment of the U.S. population. There are some 62 million Hispanics in America right now. And the latest census data indicates that Hispanics accounted for more than 52 percent of the total growth of the overall U.S. population. So um, we are growing at at a rate, unprecedented rate. And um, as it relates specifically to the economy, 
uh, as you mentioned, we're very entrepreneurial. In fact, Hispanic uh, Hispanic community, um, we are creating three new businesses, three new ventures uh, uh, compared to the general market, uh, which at the same time is 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 uh, is starting up one venture. So it's a three to one uh, ratio. And uh, the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well in America's Hispanic community. And, you know, we're here. We're reporting for duty. We're here to work. And, and ultimately, uh, all of this benefits the American economy. And I think that's such an important point because, again, I just don't think people stop and, and consider uh, just the impact of the Hispanic community uh, on everything from – uh, from participation in the workforce to, as you mentioned, uh, being entrepreneurs, starting and running small businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. And you also have to look at the purchasing power of that community, uh, which is also just uh, an enormous thing that, again, often we're not talking about this in terms of strategy, in terms of good public policy uh, and leadership in our local communities. Absolutely. As I mentioned, Hispanics start new ventures at a rate of three to one when compared to the Caucasian uh, our Caucasian counterparts, and and that wealth creation it has built up to the point that right now U.S.-based Hispanics have a purchasing power of nearly two trillion dollars. Mm. To put that into perspective, that two trillion dollars is an amount that's larger than the GDP of Brazil. It's larger than the GDP of Canada. It's larger than the GDP of Russia. And and so the idea here is, you know, how do we harness that potential? and put it to work to grow our economy. Utah is a case in point in how you welcome the stranger, how you help the American small business and the entrepreneur grow his or her business and really scale it to the point that it becomes a very useful part of the local economy. There's a reason why the Wall Street Journal continuously points to Utah as one of the best places to start a new business and one of the best economies in the country, beating economies like New York and and California. Utah, you know, you guys got it right. Um, You put people to work, you harness the energy of the entrepreneur, and then you use it to grow the local economy and create economic development that creates a shared prosperity for everyone around. I think that's so important. It's one thing we often talk about on this program is the the fact that Utah does have uh, this great free market economy where the government tries to stay out of the way for the most part, a low regulatory regime. Uh, so you have that good free market going. So there's jobs and opportunity. Uh, we have these great institutions of civil society uh, with great communities where it's everything from volunteer organizations to faith-based groups and everything in between uh, and businesses that are involved in the communities and and give back to the communities. Uh, and I think that unique combination of free market economy and, and strong community, strong institutions of civil society uh, really is what makes Utah a unique place. And a, and a very important part of that uh, here in the state of Utah is the Hispanic community. Well, I tell you, Utah has, has played a role um, in a larger scale with our community uh, in general. Um, they've been very welcoming uh, to the Hispanic community. Uh, in fact, back in 2014, uh, myself and some local leaders, uh, Scott Anderson from Zion's Bank, Lou Kramer from the Trade Center, uh, uh, then Governor Gary Herbert, and and Don Salazar, uh, the founder and CEO of CTI Construction. Uh, back in 2014, they had an idea that they wanted to host uh, the largest gathering of Hispanic business leaders, um, and they competed at the time with Los Angeles, with Chicago, with New York City, and with Houston. And lo and behold, uh, Utah won the bid, predominantly because of those men 
who were very adamant that they wanted to host a Hispanic business summit right here in Salt Lake City. And at that time, it became the largest gathering in the history of the United States of Hispanic business leaders. And none other than Salt Lake City beat out the likes of New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and others to host that. And I remember then calling it the second miracle in the desert, the second time there was a miracle in the desert. Going forward, as it relates to the United States Hispanic Business Council, once again, Utah is playing a pivotal role. Um, our, uh, our chairman, the chairman of the board of directors of the USHBC is Don Salazar, again, the founder and CEO of CTI Construction. Our general counsel is a gentleman named Troy Rollins. He's the district attorney for Davis County. So arguably, the two most important posts in our council are held by men that call Utah home. So once again, the Beehive State will play a pivotal role in the growth and the development uh, and the influence of the United States Hispanic Business Council. So as you look at the organization moving forward, obviously there are things uh, in terms of initiatives, con- communication strategy, uh, policy, advocacy, and so on. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things that are on your mind uh, as you launch in terms of things that we just need to do or do better uh, as it relates uh, to the Hispanic business community? You know, I think for us, it really is about access to contracting. It's about, you know, building a network uh, and, and being able to participate uh, in, in, a, in a greater scale than we've been allowed to in the past. It really is about the opening the doors. You know, we always say at the USHBC that while, while we are proud to advocate for men and women who happen to be of Hispanic descent, we are first and foremost American businesses. And every tax bill we pay, every job we create, every product we manufacture, every service we provide goes to benefit the American economy. So as our business community goes, so too goes the American economy. We're here to work. Uh, We're here to find more opportunity, create more economic development, drive jobs, and drive the American economy. So many important things there as we look at Hispanic Heritage Month and National Small Business Week. Those two things go together, and uh, Javier Palomares uh, did a great job in framing that in terms of a community that is patriotic, entrepreneurial, and innovative, uh, and making a difference for all of us. Coming up, how do you decide the value of a life? Kenneth Feinberg, Special Master of the U.S. Government's September 11th Victims' Compensation Fund, joins us to discuss the impossible job he had after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. What is the value of a life? Coming up next. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts.